On the show today, we're going all entertainment. We will discuss the recent controversy around the TV show, The Chosen. And for our Bible topic, we will be giving a movie review of sorts. A lot to talk about, so let's get to it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hello. And we're very grateful that you're joining us today. And uh, if you're new here, we like to get it out up front. We ourselves are not religionless. We like to consider Mm -hmm. ourselves quite Christian and very religious folks, but uh, the world and especially this country that we live in Mm -hmm. is not. It's increasingly secular, increasingly religionless, you could say. And uh, that, at least in part, is where we get the name from. And we're going to try to do today what we, you know, always do, just take a look at the news of the day or news of the week um, and try to figure out how to digest it from a Christian point of view and keep our eyes fixed on Christ. That's the goal here. So we're going to hope to do that today, like Nikki said, looking at the realm of entertainment. Um, (laughs) And we just have really one major news story to get to, um, and that happens to be the, the controversy around The Chosen. Um, we will highlight a few news stories, though, at the end, um, just as good news uh, before we roll into our Bible topic. So before we get to any of our discussion points, is there anything you'd like to say, prayer request, praise reports, anything of that sort? Yeah, um, just hearing about when, you know, I have friends and family who are trying to, you know, get back on track and walk with the Lord, you know, taking their faith seriously. And my friend and my, my brother are, you know, saying, well, well, now Satan's trying to come at me and get me off course. Um, So I just want to just, just pray for those who in your life who are, are seeking God, are trying and pray for them. Because it just makes me think of when Jesus said to Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. So that's something we should do. Um, uh, Yeah, they need our prayers, (laughs) knowing that Satan is, uh, God allows Satan to tempt us, to to test us, um, to see if our faith is genuine. Um, We all go through it, but I think it's very important. Jesus prayed for Peter for his faith. We need to be praying for our friends and family, especially when they're they're new in the faith. Pray that their faith wouldn't fail. So, yeah, for sure, um, definitely need those prayers. We all need prayer um, that all of our faith would withstand this torrent of depravity that we're all facing on a daily basis. But um, I'll say, uh, lift up a prayer request if you have time for Rick Warren. <laughs> if you guys have been following the news at all. Uh, Rick Warren is kind of going like scorched earth here on the Southern Baptist Convention, just tweet after tweet after tweet, kind of coming at the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, You know, I thought maybe it's fitting this being Pride Month that Rick Warren would kind of cut loose and give full vent to his pride. Uh, You know, he was recently booted out of the Southern Baptist Convention, him and Saddleback Church, and um, does he seem bitter? I mean, I would say so. You know, I, I didn't think, see the tweet. Sorry. <laughs> you know, 
it's all about, you know, how the Southern Baptist Convention's wrong on their stance on women pastors and stuff. And, you know, it doesn't show a great deal of humility. And I know many people will already accuse Rick Warren, even before this, of being a man given to pride. And yet, um, you know, we see it really on full display here. So um, it's easy to sort of mock or ridicule or chastise Rick Warren when I think what he really needs is prayer because um, it's a really ugly look, I think, for him. I mean, not to mention, you know, not just that he's given into pride, but really you're making pride on a, what I would consider a kind of, you know, false interpretation of scripture, right? You're trying to, you know, you're going scorched earth on egalitarianism. People just you know, don't so, want to admit that they're wrong on something. They don't want to be corrected. Even using scripture to correct their misinterpretation of scripture is, it's hard for the yeah. rightful to admit. So pray for him, uh, just that he would see the errors of his ways, even if, you know, I don't know, just whatever it is, you know, it looks bad, pride, we should be people that are humble. Um, yeah, and even people, people that... up to him. Like he's known around the whole world and he's acting in a way that does not represent Christ. So he has to... Well, and not to mention, he is now the chancellor of Spurgeon's college and he should not be sullying the good name of Charles Spurgeon yeah. with this tirade. Charles so, Spurgeon would disagree with him. <laughs> yes, he would vehemently, but just pray for him. Um, and then uh, any other prayer requests? Oh, I will mention maybe praise report if prayers had... You know, I mean, God's in control of everything, but we mentioned, I think last week or two weeks ago, Jamie Foxx was kind of, sounded like he was on his deathbed. I saw another headline that they were saying none of those reports are true. Uh, Jamie Foxx is fine. Well, he's not fine. He's sick, but he's not, uh, you know, he's not blind and brain dead and all that sort of stuff. So I guess that's a positive. Uh, maybe continue hmm. to pray for Jamie Foxx if you blind. have time. But uh, maybe hmm. that's some good news, I suppose. How do you know what to believe? <laughs> you don't. But uh, either way, I just saw that. I know we had talked to you guys a week or two ago about praying for Jamie Foxx, if you had you know, a free moment for prayer, but well, it does sound like he's doing okay. And he's better. Well, again, God's in control of everything. So if Jamie was sick and is better now, um, well, that's, God that's God's way. hand yeah. either way. So yeah. um, just a couple of prayer requests there. So let's get to our plugs here before we dive into our discussion on The Chosen. Um, you guys know we love Cardinal Contingency Solutions. We talk about them every week. Um, you know, if you're a missionary first responder, um, you know, and one of the things that we don't talk to talk about them a lot is they do sort of wilderness survival. Um, they even do things like, um, uh, what do they call it? Like, uh, uh, I can't, you know, they'll take, they've done it in the past, they take young men out to the woods and stuff a and kind rite of, of passage. a rite of passage. They'll do stuff like that for young men that are coming of age. If you want to kind of test your kids metal, um, out in the, the wilderness, um, these guys are trained, you know, wilderness experts. Yeah. And so they do even things like that. So, uh, they run the gambit. So just reach out to them, you know, if you need some counter messaging training, or if you just like, Hey, it'd be kind of cool to, see if I can survive in the the Florida wilderness, <laughs> you know, for a week, whatever it happens to be. Um, <laughs> they can they can teach you all sorts of stuff. So they're a great company. Links will be in the show notes. Uh, you guys know as well, we are proud members of the Christian podcast community. 
Got about 50 to 60 good Christian podcasts on there. You can go and listen to things about Christian nationalism. Uh, a loser theology, says the Bud Zone podcast. So <laughs> you can either go and agree, agree or disagree. Uh, this one, The Truth About College, probably pretty good. Uh, it's a racket. So all different types of uh, Christian-focused podcasts on there from a range of different topics. And the beauty is just subscribe to one link on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it happens to be, and you get access to you know all the podcasts. So it's an easy way to to get your fill of Christian podcasts. And then, of course, the shameless plug here. If you guys want to help the show out, the easiest way to do that, uh, the least time-consuming is to just drop a like. If you're on YouTube or Rumble, whatever happens to be, uh, subscribe to the show. And then if you're on the podcast, just a, a follow, a, a subscribe, or um, a nice comment. You know, those sorts of things all help. And then if you want to take it a step further, we got affiliate links down in the show notes. Um, you can use those affiliate links to shop online. Or if you just want to support the show directly, you can just go to buy me a coffee and uh, help us that way. It all helps, you know, us just do the things we need to do for this show. And it's greatly appreciated. Mm. All right. You guys know what time it is. Cue the music. Prepare yourself. Gird up your loins. In honor of Rick Warren, humble yourself, lest God would humble you. Uh, and prepare yourself for the news of the week. And uh, again, we're talking about the chosen. And last week, I think it was last week or it might have been just over a week ago, uh, Turning Point USA contributor, never heard of the man before, but his name is John Root. He posted an image. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, he posted an image on Twitter of a pride flag. Um, you guys can see right here, very prominently displayed uh, on the set of The Chosen. And, you know, apparently it was kind of noticed during a promotional shoot for uh, they kind of shot like a short promotional video for season four that they're filming now. And this was put out by the chosen team on YouTube. So, you know, during this sort of promotional piece, the pride flag can kind of be clearly seen, you know, as they're scrolling past with their video can be clearly seen right there, sort of mounted front and center on this, uh, you know, I think it's camera equipment, but maybe it could be lighting or uh, microphone equipment of that sort. Um, but either way, it's clearly visible to the cast and the crew who's there filming. I mean, you can see in the mm -hmm. video or in this picture, I mean, they're filming the show and there's the flag. So they're all aware of it. Um, so not hidden at all. And well, you know, this tweet sort of, um, got pretty big, you know, John Root's tweet kind of blew up. And a lot of people were discussing it, um, and it even got to the point where the cast and crew were making their own statements on it. And, you know, that would make you think, well, boy, how do you suppose uh, the cast that plays the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how do you suppose mm -hmm. they reacted to it with a Paul, with remorse over the sin and shame? Of course not. <laughs> they just look the other way and pretend, I don't know, do they... Have they, I don't know, whoever the Christians are on this cast, have they shared the gospel with this person? 
Um, has he heard the gospel at all? No, but they love him and he's their brother, they say. But no, I mean, of course they didn't react with the Paul or shame, right? But they, they knew that eventually, I mean, this flag was going to be accidentally seen, you know, the way it is now and that it would cause an uproar. Well, and that's the thing too. I would say there's no way they thought it would accidentally be seen because The Chosen is a very big show. Um, and you don't just, you know, film a promotional piece and then no editing is done. Right. And you upload yeah. it. Like they have professional editors. And they have probably multiple levels of Yeah. So they they know what they're putting out they and they saw the easily flag. Yeah. Edited that out. Yeah, but so they didn't, you know, they weren't ashamed of it. They all, the actors reacted with basically full support of the LGBTQ agenda. But it's because it's Pride Month. Like, I think it was purposeful. Well, it was. And, you know, as we go through this, you'll see, you know, this is apparently not something new. They've been doing it for years. Um, and they explained that. But uh, one of these tweets here from Jordan Ross, uh, he plays Little James on the show The Chosen. And he says... As one of the actors on The Chosen, I am so proud of the love and acceptance displayed on our set every day. That's not going to change no matter what some hateful critics say. So that was in response to people seeing that flag. Yeah, that was in response that was to first you know, him reacting. John Root you know, showing this and then people getting upset about it. This was his response. He's not going to change because of some hateful critics. Hateful. Um, so he means people who are quoting scripture is hateful. Is well, you would have to assume, yeah. And but that's not all he said. You know, he had another tweet here um, that I grabbed. He says, "My brother G Cairo O six isn't the only one who stands by the LGBTQ members of our chosen family. Get out of here with your hate, homophobia, and ignorance. Not very Jesus like of you, Johnny." So I think Johnny there is John Root, of course, um, who he's chastising. Um, but this tweet from Jordan Ross was in response to the tweet by Giovanni Cairo, who is G Cairo 06. And he plays Thaddeus on uh, The Chosen. And his tweet that uh, Jordan Ross was responding to, he says, another one of the actors on The Chosen here. Anyone who is going to go at one of our family members for something like this is no fan of ours. They can close the door on the way out. Love one another as I have loved you. We stand with our brother. And, you know, I was just thinking about this as we were kind of pulling up this episode here to start recording. This, I feel like this is a very liberal mindset. Mm -hmm. This like friend equals family to the liberal mindset. Like, yeah, we we're family members. We love, he's my brother. And like, he's a coworker, right? Like I have plenty of friends that I like a lot. If they're not Nikki, <laughs> like I'm not in like this, I might like them a lot, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems like a very liberal worldly mindset that like everybody's our family brother. I mean, this lo- like, goes against Jesus's teaching of if you do not hate you know, pretty much your family and, you know, and then follow me. This is the opposite. They're like putting their friends who are living in sin before Christians who are trying to correct them in love. 
Yeah, and it's even like... So these yeah, people aren't like Christians. Do they claim to be Christian? Or why would he say that's not Jesus-like of you? Like is Well, and we'll talk about this throughout our discussion here, but this is sort of that really just watered-down sort of false gospel, seeker-sensitive, I think, type of Christianity that is plaguing all over America, you know, in the Christian body that, you know, well, sure, Scripture tells us that we're supposed to, you know, separate ourselves from the sexually immoral and all these sinners, but to the seeker-sensitive-minded Christian, it's like, no, no, love is love. We love everybody, and it's like, there's no distinction. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not uncommon, I would say, but I will just mention, to Giovanni's credit, um, he did come out and post a few videos after that original tweet. You can see him here. There's a couple of videos on Twitter that he posted, sort of... Um, apologizing in a sense, not mm-hmm. apologizing for supporting um, this crew member, but apologizing, you for know, his for, emotions. Yeah. Coming off maybe too harsh kind yeah. of a thing. Um, you know, that's maybe not that... what we're concerned about. Like, I don't care about his emotions, how harsh he was. I, I want his belief to change. That doesn't fix anything. Right. I mean, I, you know, I just think, you know, as somebody who probably, wants people to watch their show, uh, to come out and say, Hey, if you disagree with me, you're no fans of ours. We don't want you here. And then you're like, probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, let me walk that. And I think that's right. You know, emotions get the best of everybody. We say dumb things. It's humility that leads you to go, sorry, guys, I shouldn't have gone, you know, that off the rails again. We'd like to see that from Rick Warren, right? Sure. Maybe he's not going to change his views on egalitarianism, but to come out and go, look, guys, I've, probably have been a bit harsh on the Southern Baptist Convention here. Forgive me for that. And At especially making that. it so public. I just disagree or something, you know, you'd like to see that level of humility. So kudos to Giovanni here. That's nice to see. I just um, thought it was interesting. You know how like this whole apology thing going on among people who speak against LGBTQ and then they come on and they apologize. And it's like, this is kind of a thing. Like he was probably told to do it. <laughs> He's apologizing and um Yeah, I mean you can imagine like the, the discussion behind the scenes like, listen, I'm not gonna tell you what to say. Just gonna mention we don't wanna lose fans. Right. So I think they realize that. Do what sure. you think is right. We don't wanna lose, you know, it could have been a conversation like that. Cause Dallas Jenkins does and we'll we'll get into his video here shortly, but he makes it pretty clear that, like, I don't tell them what they can or can't say sort of a thing. So maybe that was the conversation. I'm not going to tell you to walk this back. Just going to mention we need people to watch our show. So uh, let's not run all the fans off kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. um, so that was just some of the response immediately from the crew or from the cast. And uh, this story, again, it did wind up making headlines, you know, kind of across the country which I think is right. It should. The Chosen is a huge success. I mean, it's worldwide as far as I understand. Well, maybe it's like good um, in a sense, like maybe people who haven't heard of The Chosen, um, even though all this stuff is going on, they might be just curious what it's all about now. And maybe the numbers will go up just because of this that came out in the news. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, The Chosen, you know, their YouTube channel has like over 2 million subscribers. Uh, so, I mean, it's a wild success. So, I mean, there might be some people that stumble on it, but I think most people that are interested in it 
are probably why, although they are getting ready from what I understand. And again, this could be maybe why you don't really want to run off fans. You know, they're getting ready to, I think, try to put the show in multiple different languages and stuff like that to really spread it far and wide. But this stuff did make headlines. Um, you know, there was uh, religiousnews.com ran stories. The Daily Wire even ran stories on it. Uh, Newsweek ran stories on it. So it definitely gained a lot of traction. I just wonder if like, because of this, you know, them coming out and saying, you know, these people, they support LGBTQ. If this could be used in a way like to draw in people who people like that, and they might be more apt to watch The Chosen knowing that there's supporters in it for for their lifestyle, and maybe they'll get saved. I don't know. Not that, but it might just like be the beginnings of their um, search for God and learning about Jesus. I just can kind of be trying to be positive about it to see what good could come out don't from you this. know we don't be positive on this show? No, I think... Well, God works through all things, even the, the bad things. Like, someone's got to have a testimony. Like Yes, he like works that in mysterious ways. That piqued my curiosity ways. because they support, you know, the LGBTQ, and that's what I'm about. And Well, and I did have the thought, and of course, they haven't said anything to this level. But again, kind of going back to the thought that they don't put out promotional videos just willy-nilly. It wasn't just some dude on his iPhone and then uploaded it to YouTube. It went through many layers. So I could see a world where they wanted to let the LGBTQ support be known without actually voicing the support. So right. if you make a quick promotional video and you clearly display the LGBTQ, you know, sort of support with the pride flag and you just let it let it be out there. Maybe that was their intention. Maybe they had a good intention with it. It's like, well, I, I would say they they didn't because Christians supporting the LGBTQ agenda right. is not. But allowing but maybe that's what it. they were trying to do. I don't know. Nobody said that, but I did have that thought that you don't just let this get out there. You know, you put it out there. Right. You put what you want people to see. But maybe out there. because they want. LGBTQ people to watch it, not for the numbers just to go up, but because they want them to at least open the door to who Jesus is. Maybe they'll watch it just for that reason. Maybe. I'm being hopeful and positive. I maybe let us know what you guys think in the comments. <laughs> Are we being hopeful or naive? Um, you know, Why I can't you hope. <laughs> you know, and again, this is I think that's what most of these Christians would do, right? This most of what they would say, this sort of love your neighbor type Christian is, well, we want to invite them in. We want to be right. loving and caring so that they will. But it's you kind of the idea that yeah. we're going to love you in your sin until you accept Christ instead of saying, well, doesn't scripture tell us to sort of like point out sin, you know, call people out of their sin, you know, let them know that sin is sin instead of approving of all their sinful lifestyles in hopes that somehow through the affirmation, they're just going to get it. Um, so it very well could be their intention that we're going to show our support in hopes to bring them to Christ. But I think that's a misguided uh, understanding of how we should live this Christian life. Right. Like, I don't so. think someone's going to be saved through watching The Chosen, but it could just be like a gateway for them to continue pursuing and wanting to open up their Bible on their own. That's all I mean. 
just hopeful Nikki. Um, so anyways, um, all of this controversy, like I said, it did gain a lot of traction. Um, it actually wound up leading to the uh, creator of The Chosen, Dallas Jenkins. It led to him kind of posting a pretty lengthy response on YouTube, which we're going to be covering here in just a moment. Um, but interestingly, right after he released that video, basically a day later, I think it was, another video was posted by John Root. And um, we'll have these links in the show notes. So if it's kind of hard for you to see right now, you can go check out the link in the show notes. But it's kind of a panning shot. And as they're panning by, you see like another cameraman here. And and he's wearing what looks to be a pride flag sort of sweatshirt. Um, it's a bit difficult to tell if that's exactly what it is, but it has a lot of the colors of the pride flag. And I don't really know what else it could be. So it appears like, you know, right after the controversy, another video pops up of, hey, here's more pride memorabilia on the set of The Chosen. So like, is their crew just going to start? I don't know why they would want to mess up, you know, the numbers. Why would they want the numbers to drop? Why would they chance it? It's a good question. I'm not entirely sure, you know, but, you know, maybe they don't even think it's that case anymore because as we'll play through this video, if that's been allowed to just sort of fester and be a part of the show for so many years, they just, it's, it's pride month. It's second nature anymore. I just, you know, put on my pride gear and I go to work kind of a thing. So, um, just interesting, you know, a second video comes out right after Dallas Jenkins posts his video. So we do want to go through this video by Dallas Jenkins. Just, you know, we got a few, I don't know, six or seven different little sound bites that we want to pull from here. It's about a 20 minute video overall. So again, it'll be linked in the show notes if you want to go give a listen to the full um, context of it. But we're just going to play a few clips here and just give our thoughts on what we're hearing from him. So let's get to this first clip. Here is what you've been hearing, and here's what happens if you go on YouTube and scroll through. You'll see a bunch of pretty hysterical headlines at times. Uh, the things like, uh, The Chosen waves pride flag on set. Um, the Chosen's all about the money, and they've sold out, and uh, they're trying to please the woke, and The Chosen is promoting yada yada yada. So just a, a short little clip there, but I wanted to point that out because right from the jump here, um, I don't like this. Uh, I think Dallas is kind of being very dismissive of this whole controversy, you know, sort of pointing out that this is hysterical, it's ridiculous, when I think it's not. I think it's a very serious situation, and I think a discussion needs to be had on this. And, mm -hmm. you know, it made me think of what you hear a lot from our political class or the news media type thing, you know, whenever something that looks maybe criminal type of thing, it's just, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Everything is a conspiracy theory. So then as soon as you say, well, I kind of believe in that. They're like, oh, look at this crackpot conspiracy theory, mm -hmm. right? It's just to label you, minimize you yeah. sort of a thing. And I feel like that's what Dallas is doing here right from the jump of the video. And I don't like it. Again, I don't think it shows a level of seriousness that I think mm -hmm. this sort of, you know, warrants. So just didn't like right. that. I just feel like if he knew this about his crew ahead of time, like it's something they've always... um had their flag or, you know, he knew they were promoting their secularism. And um, he should have, like, mentioned this ahead of time to prevent hysteria, to say, hey, this is this how it is at work. This is we have unbelievers here and they have 
you know, clothing and flags and they're just doing their job and we can't tell them how, you know, what they can have on them. Well, and to be fair, and I can't, I'm trying to remember listening to this whole video. I think he does mention in here that like, we have covered this before, you know, we've discussed the crew makeup and these sorts of things. I don't remember it again. I don't follow the chosen behind the scenes that closely, but I think he does mention in here that we have discussed these sort of things before. So we're just rehashing it now is kind of the way he makes it seem. But okay, again, this blew up and it got pretty big. Um, and a lot of chosen fans were quite angry. So I think to just be dismissive of that, I think it's right. a bad look. He you shouldn't know? be dismissive, right? So let's see what this next clip that we have here is. So uh, to be clear, there was no flag flown. Um, a three-inch flag doesn't fly anyway. <laughs> um, and uh, there's no, been no statement made by the Chosen about Pride or Pride Month or anything like that. There's no promotion of anything happening. Uh, so again, another short clip there, but I just uh, wanted to point out that, like, this isn't true. <laughs> um, we showed you the picture on Twitter. The flag was flown. It was a small flag, but it was flown. Um, and he says, I think earlier in this video, as we've mentioned before, this has been on the set of their show for years. This guy apparently puts his pride flag out every time he gets ready to shoot or whatever. This He's an independent contractor, he mentions, that they hire. So he's been flying this flag. And again, it might be a small flag, but it's flowing in the, you know, flapping in the wind. Um, so it's flying. He's been doing this the whole time he's worked for The Chosen. And then also he says... The Chosen hasn't commented on it. Well, they have. We've just showed you the tweets from the cast members. Um, and their response was support for the LGBTQ movement. So the Chosen brand, you know, the Chosen Inc. hasn't necessarily uh, right. responded to it. But, but they the represent crew, it. Yeah. Right. They have. So mm -hmm. he's maybe tiptoeing on the lines here. Yeah. By saying we haven't responded to it, but you have. Um, and the flag was flown. So take that for what it is. Uh, I don't think he's being entirely honest here. I just wanted to point that out. Mm -hmm. So still have some more clips to go through. So on our set, just to be clear, this is nothing new. Um, uh, like I said, uh, we've had uh, for a long time, our cast and crew have wildly different beliefs. They run the spectrum. And they sometimes wear T-shirts or hats that go across the entire spectrum uh, from a pride flag or a uh, MAGA hat or a, uh, you know, Jesus saves shirt. So he says, uh, people on their set wear all different kinds of clothing. You know, it runs the gambit from pride flag, you know, to MAGA hats or whatever, to Jesus saves T-shirts. And he's basically like lumping all of these in together. Like somehow pride, MAGA, and Jesus saves are all the same when I would say they're all very, very different, right? <laughs> like one, for example, is true and should be accepted and promoted on the set of a show that's all about Jesus. The Jesus saves t-shirt, right? The other is just a political statement. You know, a MAGA hat is just a political statement with no specific religious affiliation. Um, but the third one is explicitly satanic, <laughs> the pride flag, right? Because the pride flag and what it represents in almost every aspect is anti-Christ. Mm -hmm. So these are yeah. very different things and they shouldn't just be, you know, willy-nilly or casually just lumped together. 
But again, I think this kind of shows Dallas being a bit dismissive of this whole controversy, which I don't like. Yeah, he just seems very deceptive. Like, he's not speaking the whole truth. Yeah, like, just, again, just sort of lumping these things that are all completely different. And again, on the set of a show that is all about Jesus, right? Not all of these things are the same. Um, They may look the same, but they're not all the same. So... Uh, again, being dismissive or deceptive. Um, but we have some more clips here to go through. Um, second important point that uh, kind of guides some of our principles on this. Solomon built the holy temple. I mean, this is the holy temple of God. And uh, the, the, the labor and the materials, uh, many of them came from what's described in the Bible as pagans, pagans, uh, pagan nations, pagan workers. Um, he got help. And when he asked uh, the king, I believe, uh, the king of Tyre, uh, Tyre, I don't remember how to pronounce it, he referenced David, that, that David had done the same thing. And uh, this is the holy temple. Uh, and it was built by uh, what the Bible describes as pagans, uh, people. Uh, but let's maybe not use the word pagans. Let's just use the word people who strongly would disagree with uh, Solomon or David in their spiritual practice. And you think also of like Bible. I've used this term before when a Bible is printed. Um, do you think that the people who print the Bible, the people who deliver the Bible, the, are all of the same faith? Uh, very likely not. And so our philosophy has been that, uh, look, if, it's, if Solomon can work with uh, people on a holy temple, with people who disagree with him, uh, then uh, so can we. Now, Well, I just want to say something. I didn't, I didn't think about this earlier. He's just calling antichrist beliefs just a disagreement. I don't like that. It's right. not just a disagreement. It is funny how even in the midst of that discussion, he has feels the need to soften. What he says is clearly scriptural. It's pagan nation. Listen, let's just say instead of pagan, like why soft sell it? If it's pagan, it's pagan. But just kind of funny there. But yeah, you know, maybe that point sounds reasonable in some respects. But I would say, again, very big difference. Um you know, in working with those who don't agree with you in all aspects, and then allowing those people that you disagree with to promote a complete anti-Christ religion on the set of your Christian show. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about Solomon, and Solomon did have pagans help build the temple. Um, but what you don't read about Solomon in the building of the temple is him, you know, allowing these pagans to like set up Ashtara poles or um, you know, right. false idols right. to Baal and just worship them on the temple grounds. You don't read any of that. Um, we have it right here. First Kings chapter five, verse one. Do you want to read that? Now, he- Hiram, uh, king of Tyre. Is that how you say it? Tyre, Tyre. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows how to say okay. it. Okay. Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father. For Hiram had always been a friend of David. Yeah. And then going down just a little bit further there, 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 12, it says, And the Lord gave wisdom to Solomon, just as he promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And the two of them made a covenant. You know, so this is not really an accurate parallel that Dallas is trying to make here. Mm. Solomon and Hiram had an alliance and they apparently like loved each other and worked together. Hiram loved his father and worked with David. 
You know, yeah, when you love someone, you don't purposefully try to offend them like his crew members. Right. I imagine if Hiram and these pagan uh, countrymen were worshiping false idols in front of David, right. the alliance might have been strayed <laughs> or strained, yeah. you know, but, you know, so it's not really a parallel there. The LGBTQ movement of our day, the pride flag that symbolizes that movement, they are at war with our Christian faith. They're at war with each other. Um, I mean, the pride movement hates God and is yeah. opposing him. It's perverting his message at every turn, right? So this is not the same thing where Hiram, a pagan king and a pagan nation, loved Solomon and worked with him and had an alliance with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pride flag and the LGBTQ mo- movement are not in alliance with Christ. Right. People who hate the one you love the one that created you in his image. It's like, just try to make that like more personal. Like if you were friends with somebody or work with somebody who hated me and promoted things that were like mocking me, like how would you react? Would you they love them and defend die. them? I'm just kidding. Like, no, you would defend me because right. you love me. And just to make it like a little more personable. Right. Or even, I mean, just putting it in the scriptural context, think about that. If Solomon were to have these pagans there and they were just, you know, having erotic sex around their Baal idol while on the temple grounds, you'd go, wow, that doesn't make any sense with how we, you know, understand God and his hatred of false idols. That seems strange to me. And it certainly would. That's why it's not in there. Um, So I get, you know, he's trying to make the parallel. It even seems uh, to make sense at first until you read it and go, yeah, that's not really the same thing. The LGBTQ movement is not an alliance with Christ. They're at war with Christ. Doesn't, not the same thing at all. Right. So, um, a few more of these, uh, clips to go through here. Uh, now this is another important point And one of the main reasons why, uh, I have this philosophy, um, why I came into the show having this philosophy, because oftentimes the roles have been reversed. Um, I've seen, uh, it's, it's happened both ways, but I've seen it also where Christians aren't allowed to express themselves at work or on sports teams or when bosses force their employees to wear a certain thing, put on a patch, um, you know, line up for some sort of cause and uh, or, re- or resist one of their employees doing it. And, 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 and I would imagine that if you uh, were an employee at a place that had different beliefs than you do, and uh, you wanted to show up and have a crucifix or a Jesus Saves sticker or something on your own personal workspace, and they said, no, you can't do that. I don't want you to do that. You're triggering someone else or whatever. You, you would, I would imagine, be, be not happy with that. We've seen that happen before, and, and people complain about it, and people protest it when they see it happening. But that isn't just like a regular place of work. Like you said, this is about Jesus. Like, they, you can't compare these. Right. And I think, you know, again, on the surface, I think this is a good point that he's making, you know, just generically. Yes, we all want to be able to be who we are in our workplaces. That makes sense. But like Nikki said, this isn't just the latest Marvel movie, right? This isn't just, you know, whatever sort of Hollywood comedy that's being filmed. Um, This is a show that's supposedly dedicated to the life and ministry of Jesus Christ so to be on that show and openly promote something that is rejection or like rebellion against the teachings of this guy the show is about should be 
off limits, I would say. It doesn't mean you can't be LGBTQ and work on the set, but to openly promote something that is complete mm-hmm. rebellion or rejection of right. this man and his teachings, that seems like it should be off limits. And that doesn't even seem controversial. Because it is so controversial, um, controversial. <laughs> he should have at least set some boundaries out of respect for God, for the faith alone, some boundaries. And like he knew, he knew the controversy that this would cause. Oh, of course. Um, so allowing people to promote something that's anti-Christ doesn't promote peace among the cast and crew because it's such a mix. You have to just say these are the boundaries and we just need to be respectful. Um, it's just going to cause division. And it probably does cause division. We just don't hear about it with their cast and crew, I'm sure. It probably bugs the ones who are true Christians. Um, so the people working there, they can have self-control and respect, keep their personal beliefs, their support of sin um, to themselves. Like you're at work, it's professional. Keep those kinds of personal things to yourself. That's that's never the kind of thing you should promote. I mean, it shouldn't even be in regular workplaces supporting no, and it's not even, someone's sexual life. It's weird. And it's not even necessarily the religious aspect. It's just the complete opposite or rejection of what you're trying to get across. Yes. You know, like if yeah. you were making a documentary about the benefits of meat in your diet or something, the carnivore diet is your documentary. But then you have a cameraman who has a big flag waving that says meat is murder. And the camera shows that on a promotion, you'd go... Yeah, that's probably not something that we want to promote that's on our carnivore our diet, right? Fans, our fans aren't going to like that. And it's like, well, we'll hire a vegan, sure, but like, don't fly your meat is murder flag while we're filming our carnivore exactly. diet, right? And that's just a <laughs> stupid thing about dietary, you know, habits or whatever it happens to be. You know, this here, again, it is different. We are talking about faith. You know, there's nothing more important to, the, uh, to those who have faith than their faith, right? That's the most important thing. Right. So again, allowing the enemy's flag to be flown on your set, that's a different animal. That's not right. just... They would make a big deal about food, but what is food compared to faith? This is an even bigger deal. Right. In, in, in both cases, you would be like, yes, we should have some limits there. Um, you know, I don't think that that's a bridge too far. So right. I get the yeah. sentiment of, you know... Christians want to be accepted in workplaces, so we want to be accepting of others. Got it. We do too, right? Um, nobody's saying they shouldn't have a job, or, but the idea of promoting something that's the complete opposite rejection of whatever you're trying to get across right? seems like you're taking it, that freedom a bit too far. So yep. um, that's our point there. Uh, I think maybe uh, two more clips here. I don't celebrate Pride. I don't celebrate Pride Month. I don't celebrate the Pride flag. Uh, if I wore a shirt, I'd probably say humility on it just because uh, Pride has gotten me in trouble. Just a very short clip there, but I just wanted to play that clip because I am glad that he said this. Um, you know, I was hoping that he would say something to this degree, take a stand at some level. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he doesn't elaborate on this a ton. He doesn't make some vocal proclamation against um, you know, Pride Month and all this sort of stuff. But he does say, you know, I'm not for it. Uh, so I'm glad even to a uh, just a quick mm-hmm. snippet of it that he did make his own beliefs known. I'm happy about that. I think that was um, worthwhile for him to say. And 
Um, again, he's not speaking for the chosen ink necessarily, but just Dallas Jenkins as a person. He's like, I don't support it personally. So kudos to him on that. I'm glad he said it. Yep. That's all. Yeah. Um, so let's play this last clip here. I just want to make sure that we're clear if you're choosing to leave the show or to not support the show or stop watching the show or whatever. If you are, I just want to make sure you're clear and that we're clear on what you are upset about or boycotting the show about. It's not that we promoted a pride flag. It's not that I made some sort of statement, any kind of political statement to show that the show did anything significant or because the content of the show slipped or compromised or you're upset uh, about something that we actively promoted or anything like that. That's not what happened. You're upset or boycotting the show because our policy, my policy, I'll take it on my and my partner's policy, is that we just don't stop one of our crew members from having a three-inch pride flag on his own personal equipment. If that's enough for you to stop watching the show, that's fine. That's your choice. I just want us to be clear that that's what it is and not on these other issues or not on some of the headlines that you're seeing. Well, I don't think the issue is that they allow him to have a pride flag. It's that they appear to be promoting it. That is the issue. And he's trying to tell us the issue is that they allow the guy to have his flag. We, I don't care if the guy has his flag. I just don't want them coming out with a Christian name promoting sin because that's what it looks like. Well, and again, I would say, you know, we kind of talked about the editing process. I mean, right. if it was in there, it was in there for a reason. So at some level, it was promoted. Um, I do personally care that he has the flag on set. Uh, I think that's a bridge too far. but Yeah, I uh, care, but I don't think it's as big of an issue as them coming out and promoting it. And maybe trying I mean, to, they're making... I can see both sides. I'm probably more upset that it's been allowed to just be there for this long. Um, but I am also mad that they allowed that to kind of be in the promotion of it. So I think both are, and mad's maybe a strong word. I just, I don't think that they're nothing issues. I think they're both right. big issues. And, but really my point for pulling this uh, clip here is I'm not a fan of this statement from Dallas um, because, you know, I think it's kind of the equivalent of saying like, if you're that small, if you're, you know, that small of a person, you're that nitpicky then fine, you know, you can leave the show. You're just narrow-minded anyways, right? You're leaving the show because we don't police people's thoughts. No, that's not why people are leaving the show. And again, you're being dismissive. Um, because that alone, that little flag, that promotion video, that alone isn't why people are boycotting, uh, but they're potentially boycotting the show. It's a part of why they're boycotting the show for sure. Maybe even a big part. But again, it's also that sort of, super liberal that we talked about watered down sort of false Christianity in those tweets from the cast that rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah. And I was saying to Spencer earlier how, you know, we watch movies, we, we become fond of actors, of the, the role they play. Um, and, and we get upset when we hear that they're, you know, living in sin or, or they're a drug addict or whatever. And it makes us view them different. And it's hard to watch them without viewing them in that negative light of who they really are. So with the chosen and the cast members coming out and supporting LGBTQ lifestyle, it's going to be really hard if we continue watching the next season, knowing that they are not true to their character. Like, you know, that people aren't 
who they are acting to be. But knowing they're the complete opposite of who they're acting to be, it really messes up. It doesn't like draw you in as much. You're just not as engaged in the show and it's not as enjoyable. It's like a disappointing thing. It's like a I don't know. Any other words describe what, what I'm saying? No, I mean, here? obviously the point of having a show and it's filmed wonderfully, right? Is to put you in the scene. Yeah. Let you experience the apostles and what life looked like. You're trying to get in that now they're scene. All Judas to me. <laughs> right. So now when you're trying to get emotional or you're, you know, seeing some things or mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be, I mean, they're depicting biblical scenes. You're always gonna have the back of your mind that like, yeah, Thaddeus really is he a Christian or not? I mean, at very least, he's yeah. kind of a seeker sensitive, it not is, really. It is ruining I will say, experience. I'll... to their credit, Jesus, uh, what's the guy's name? Rufo? Yes. Uh, the guy who plays Jesus, he never came out in support of it. Oh, that might break people's that heart there. But uh, no, like, so it does. I know. It does mess with your enjoyment a little bit. I'm trying to yeah. think, you know, from a don't ever go watch the show. It's secular and awful. But in our younger days, you know, we watched How I Met Your Mother. Um, we thought it was a funny show, very worldly and perverse. But in those days, we, oh. you know, when Barney was one of the main characters and he was, uh, you know, with a different girl every night. And that was kind of his character and the, you know, stuff that ensued with that. But then you find out later that the guy who plays Barney is homosexual. And you're like, oh, so he's not really... Like he's just, you know, it just kind of clicks out in he your brain. He was already a sexually immoral person in the show, though. Right. And this is a bad example, obviously. We're talking about Christ and the apostles to a yeah. you know, pervert. But just that idea of where, like, the person you think you're watching and can, you know, yeah. laughing with on TV is completely different than the real world person. You just go, yeah. It takes a little bit of the comedy out of it, right? Yeah. So now here you're talking about the apostles, the foundation of our faith. And um, you're like, I don't think they really believe what the apostles believed. And now it's hard for me to get in there. So that's a part of it as well, right? You're not going to connect with the characters. You can't undo this. You could. And we'll get to that later. I think as Christians, we should allow them the room for repentance. Yes. Um, But it has to come to that, right? But um, I don't want them to have a false repentance because of that. Him being dismissive of this, because again, it's not that the people are nitpicky or small-minded or narrow-minded. Um, it's partly because of the flag, but it's what the flag represents that I think is what bothers people, right? Because the flag represents sort of hatred of God. You know, whatever mm-hmm. the pride flag might have meant in the 60s, 70s, when it was first coming out, that is not what it means today. It means rejection or rebellion against God, right? Yeah. And it means this... Uh, rebellion against the very person that the entire show is supposed to be about. But that Christians hits differently. It, because Christians are using this flag now to twist God's commands. You know, the love is love. Love tolerance. Um so it is it's it's representing it's a twisting of just scripture a too. Hatred and rejection of God, but it's also a diminishing and twisting of the Christian faith at the same yeah. time. So this flag carries a lot of context with it. It does. Um, it's not just love is love. And, you know, just thinking about if the the context was different, right? If you were, you know, had a cameraman who was wearing a T-shirt that said Hitler really wasn't that bad. You know, Hitler 
had some good qualities t-shirt and you were filming a documentary on Jewish persecution during the Holocaust, you would go, look, man, I understand you might believe that you can't wear that shirt on set, dude, like not the right place for that. You know, you wouldn't allow that shirt Mm -hmm. and you would be justified in saying, hey, we're not trying to ban people's beliefs here. But at the same time, let's have, you know, some sensibility about what we're filming here. Yeah. And that would be a reasonable thing to expect. And again, we're talking about something even bigger than Jewish persecution. We're talking about people's faith in an almighty God, their eternal hope, you know, like, so to just sort of dismiss this as, if you want to be nitpicky and small-minded, no, you're being far too dismissive of this whole thing. So I just think, you know, you change the context even just a little bit. I think you can kind of realize, like, this is a really bad look and something that shouldn't have been allowed to go on, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I think him having the flag, yeah, is, is a bigger deal. Um, but people can have an opinion, obviously you can have a, you can have people work for you that are, that believe completely different, but they don't have to be doing things outwardly like that to stir things up. It's like, it was, it was deliberate, this man with his flag. Right. And again, if this was, you know, again, the latest Marvel movie, you'd go, okay. I mean, it's. Marvel, it means nothing, right? It's just, right, a, right. you know, it's a morally neutral type movie. Yep. Um, but that's not what this is. So a different context. So if boycotting is what it comes to for you or, you know, I think it's justified because really what other recourse would you have? Um, like you can't just call up Dallas Jenkins on the phone or go to his house and have his ear and discuss these topics with him. Um, you can't discuss their hiring processes for the chosen. You don't have that access by and large. So, I mean, you can tweet them, you can email them, but they may not see those. And he even makes note in here, we're not going to be moved by those. Um, You know, we don't want us to be so easily moved. We're not going to be moved by comments and tweets and stuff. So the only real option that you have to try to affect this kind of change is with your eyes and with your wallet. Yep. Um, So I'm not telling you, uh, if you do love this show, to never watch the show again. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think, to some degree, a small boycott, at least for a time, mm-hmm. it's not unreasonable to just show your objection to, again, what we would say is having evil so proudly displayed um, on a show, again, about a savior who came, suffered, and died for the very sins that your cam- or cameraman is promoting openly in his face. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. It doesn't seem like a stretch for me. Yeah. And full disclosure on this, like Nikki and I are fans of The Chosen. (laughs) We've watched Mm -hmm. all three seasons with our kids. Um, And this isn't easy, right? Because if you (laughs) run in the uh, reformed Christian circles that we do, you tell somebody you watched The Chosen, you might as well just tell them you went to an all ages drag show. It's like the (laughs) same thing in their mind. It's just complete and utter heresy. But, um, you know, we enjoyed the show by and large, and we aren't going to watch season four. Uh, I think, you know, I we, mean, we get our understanding of the gospel from the Bible, not from the chosen. So we understand it's might be, you know, creative content in there. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, so for even for us, and again, we're not like chosen fanboys or anything, but we did watch the show and we're not going to watch it. Um, I think I sent a, a tweet or whatever to 
one of them or the chosen ink. I think I might've left him a, me- a comment on YouTube or something that I was displeased with it. Um, you know, and I think again, if Dallas and maybe some of these crew or cast members come out and there's some, um, apology repentance of some sort, um, you know, kind of recognition that you're like, Oh, you know, maybe just open promotion of sin on the set of our show about a savior who died for those sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's unacceptable. We, yeah. we realize that now, like, um, because as Nikki said, like the cameraman is clearly making a statement. You don't go to a Christian show and fly your pride flag every time you shoot without thinking that you're making some sort of a statement. And we talked about this. Spencer's been talking with, you know, and you have little debates with atheists and stuff. Like, what is their reason in trying to get Christians to side with them, to not believe in God, to live how you want? Like, what's their end goal? But for the Christian to want to display their faith and draw other people in, that's because they love that person and they know it's going to affect them for eternity, for the better. But why would the atheist want to convince you to be atheist? Still a good point. <laughs> not really sure. But uh, yeah, yeah so. like so he's obviously trying to get a point across uh, with this flag, you know, and because otherwise you wouldn't do it, right? Um, if people know that you're homosexual, transgender, whatever happens to be, and they hired you and you're their brother, they love you, then obviously they know you and accept you. You don't need to keep flying the flag. You fly the flag because you want people to see it and they know what that means. So you're making a statement there. If they have peace between one another and love one another, like I said earlier, he's, he's not going to have that flag out. They obviously, he obviously doesn't, he doesn't love Dallas Jenkins like Dallas Jenkins loves him. <laughs> no, I mean, consider, right? He's put Dallas in a pretty tough spot here. Yeah. So if they're yeah. all brothers and they love each other so deeply, they got each other's back. Does he have your back? Is he going to be willing to let that pride flag get put away now? Because he, he realizes he, um, <laughs> you know, ruffled some feathers here. So that'd be interesting. Right. But um, you wouldn't try to ruin somebody's show. You wouldn't do that to someone that you care about. Yeah. So I think questions should be asked, but, you know, just in the whole context of this and why I think it should bother Christians so much. And again, for those who hate the chosen already, they're probably like, yeah, dude, of course you shouldn't have been watching it anyways. But for those that did like the show, um, I think this should matter to you because I think just generally in the world that we're in today, you know, we're like, it's a Joshua 24 moment. Um, And I feel that you kind of have to see that if you're a person to be taken serious, like Dallas has to, he has to understand the moment in time that we're in. Um, So Joshua 24, 15, do you want to read that, honey? Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the Euphrates River, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Like, that is the time we are in, I feel like. You know, are we going to serve the true God? Or are we going to serve the God of our ancestors, you know, beyond the rivers? And same question for Dallas, right? Is he going to serve, or in the whole chosen cast, are they going to serve the true God? 
or the God of their ancestors? And, you know, who would be the God of our ancestors in this context? And I think it's that sort of apathetic Christianity, that watered down faith, that seeker sensitive faith, the love your neighbor, love is love. That's really gotten us into this place. Are you going to serve them or are you going to recognize the time that we're in and make us a, a clear stand for Christ and against wickedness? And, um, you know, I think in the season we're in, I feel like, again, if you're a person to be taken serious, you have to recognize that we're in open warfare. Um, yeah. And the pride flag, as Nikki, I think, mentioned last week, that is the enemy's war flag. That's what it's become. Yeah, it's a symbol that you're at war with God. By and large, I mean, you wouldn't allow, if World War II was going on, we wouldn't allow U.S. soldiers to be walking around with a Nazi flag during World War II and just go, listen, guys, we don't promote their beliefs and we don't police their beliefs. Like, you better police them, dude. Like, we're at war here, Um, right? You wouldn't do that. And I think the pride flag is should be viewed in much the same light for Christians. Um, I think that the time for that level of ignorance has long passed in our country today. Again, it might have held water 20, 30 years ago. It it doesn't hold water anymore as far as we're concerned. So um, why is this important to Christians? Again, we like to try to make this applicable in some way. Um, And I think this story is important because it highlights at least to us, just how pervasive this pride movement is. Like, it isn't just Target. It's not just Bud Light. I mean, it's even your favorite Christian TV show. Um, And then it also, with that, it shows just how blind many Christians are to the real state of the world that we live in and blind to a lot of the battles that we're fighting uh, in this world. So, you know, I think it just kind of shows that many are perfectly comfortable accepting... I would say probably every lie, uh, wonder where they would make that cutoff, right? But accepting all these lies from the devil and just excusing away the real dangers of sin and the rejection of God's law that it um, promotes. And I just think he should trust that God's going to bless the production of this show by him, you know, honor God and God will honor your efforts. He's not honoring God in the way that they're doing their show. Just, I mean, just among the cast and crew, not just for the audience. Yeah. And again, it's not even that we're, again, telling you to to just have like a hard and fast rule that you're not going to be around people who aren't Christians. No one's saying that, but I mean... It's one thing to work with people who aren't Christians. It's another to work and let people openly rebel and reject everything that the show stands for. Um, You just, you got to understand the times that we're in, I think. And um, I think that's why this is important to Christians. It shows you just how pervasive this stuff is. Yeah, like Uh, let everything you do bring God glory. And if there's an area he could make a difference in, he should. (laughs) And to this point, you know, and Nikki and I said we watched the show. We think he had done that. I mean, I thought the show was good. Um, by and large, I, you know, we enjoyed it. We had discussions with our kids about, you know, some of the stuff that we watched. But now when this becomes sort of the theme of it and you know what's kind of going on behind the scenes, you're like, Yeah. 
just, I don't think I can do it anymore. So, um, so what should we do about it as Christians who at least would have said they liked the chosen? Um, as I mentioned, I think you should boycott the show. Um, you know, I think you should unsubscribe from their media channels. Uh, because again, this is really the only means that you have of showing your displeasure to a company like this. Yeah. And I think it's the same as like with Bud Light and Target, right? Because you don't have access to Bud Light's boardrooms and their meetings and stuff like that. But you have the ability to not buy their product or shop at their stores. So you should do that. I think it's effective. And um, that's the only recourse we have. Now, I will say that this isn't the same. This is different. Um, being the chosen, you know, it's not Bud Light. It's a Christian show, and many of the cast and crew are supposed Christians. So the goal, I don't think, should be boycotting to crush them. Um, it should be boycotting to correct them. Right. You know, I would say if you do want to boycott, which I'm in favor of, I would say maybe, you know, send your tweets, send your emails, um, denouncing this kind of open promotion of an antichrist lifestyle or I would say even a step further, this open mockery of God. But I would say be watchful while you do it, um, because if they do correct course, then come back. You know, uh, if they repent, they apologize, whatever happens to be, accept it and come back. This is kind of how it, it goes with correcting a brother or sister who is in sin. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Sorry, I have a <laughs> so you don't have fellowship with them, but you continue praying for them, admonishing them as a brother or sister. So you don't, like he said, you don't like boycott to crush uh, the chosen. You wouldn't cut off a brother or sister in sin and just forget about them and don't encourage them to repent because then they might just go off in sin and not come back if you treat them that way. So it is kind of the same kind of um, discipline. I mean, it's the only way we can, dis if, if he's a Christian, how do we, if we are brothers and sisters with him in Christ, how can we discipline him? Not that, you know, we're disciplining him. No, like but, the kid, but you know what I mean? Like correcting, because it's not church discipline. It's completely different. I get it. But we we're concerned and and I think it's I think it's the right thing to boycott because I think that's going to be the only way he's going to listen and take it serious. Yeah, and you know, I think, like I said, boycott I think is effective, but be watchful with it. You know, like Nikki said, it's not to you know cut them off entirely, but it's to admonish them in hopes that they would come right. back. And I do think this is a mistake that sort of the conservative, you know, Christian. Uh, people in this country made with the boycotts of Target and Bud Light. Um, because if you just simply boycott and say, you know, screw you guys, you know, we're never coming back. We're never buying your product again because, you know, you went all in on the transgender movement. Like that'll work for a time. It'll get their attention. But if you just never come back, eventually, you know, like Bud Light's doing, they'll just go, all right, I guess we've lost them forever. The only option we have now is the trans crowd. So I guess we're just going all in on the trans crowd, right? Right. Um, we're just going there indefinitely. So at that point, the bo uh, the boycotts backfired. And, you know, just in what probably should have happened is you boycott Bud Light, these sorts of things. And 
I think just recently they came out with like the Harley Davidson edition. The smarter move probably would have been go buy all the Harley Davidson beer to show them that this is what we want from you. Yeah. Not the transgender stuff. Um, you know, not that we're of course encouraging you to drink or anything of that sort, but that might've been an effective way to boycott. So, yeah, that's um, smart. you know, you can boycott the chosen, um, but if you just boycott them to the point of screw them, we're done with the show, we're never coming back. Well, then they may be of that same mindset that like, well, I guess the only audience we have left is the affirmation crowd of Christianity. So we're just going to lean into that to keep them happy. And, you know, at that point, the boycott has backfired because you don't want that. You want to correct them and get them back in line with, you know, orthodoxy, if you will, and not just write them off entirely to the, where they go, okay, I guess, you know, we have to lean into the affirmation, you know, home, homosexuality isn't a sin. If it's about numbers and not really about getting the gospel out. Yeah, and that yeah. could be an extreme. I'm not saying that that's what Dallas or any of them have in, right. in mind. But I don't think that's the You goal. could steer them the wrong way with a boycott as well. So you don't want to take it too far. You want to make, you know, you just want it to be corrective, not punitive necessarily. Um, so how should we pray about it? Because Christians should pray about all things. And um, first, I think we should be uh, praying that Dallas Jenkins and the rest of the cast and crew really just get their eyes open to the sin and the rejection of God coming from mainly the LGBTQ and the pride, you know, movement in this country, you know, so pray that they would see it, pray that they would take it serious and pray that they would take serious their influential position that they have in this entertainment realm um, because they are influential there and they have an opportunity to really influence the culture for Christ. Um, and we just, want, you know, pray maybe that they wouldn't allow themselves to be sidetracked by this kind of watered down false gospel idea and then have their show and their testimony get sullied in the process, which I think mm -hmm. it is right now. Um, and then just also pray that they, you know, Dallas and these crew members wouldn't let, or God wouldn't let pride stand in the way of them acknowledging their own mistakes. Um, you know, pride wouldn't keep them from repenting or apologizing where they're wrong. Because I think it's really easy in a position like this to get defensive and to push back and become Rick Warren, right? Instead of, you know, accepting some open rebuke, you just get your guard up and just push back and get belligerent. Yeah. That's human nature. That's fleshly. He didn't fleshly. seem very... He didn't seem like he really cared too much that anyone was offended. Like, just... Yeah, and that's, I think, you know, pride, right? Because nobody seems, likes to be corrected and chastised, yeah. but humility would lead us to that place of yeah. being grateful for it in the end. Mm -hmm. So pray that that would be what happens to them, that, you know, they would humbly accept this rebuke, realize the error of their ways, and correct it. And again, not to say that they fire the guy if they like him and he's a good cameraman, but just go, hey, man, tone it down, right? We can't be openly promoting this stuff this show is about a, a savior who died because of that sin. We can't promote that openly. It's a huge contradiction, yeah. right? So that's what we want to see. That's what we're going to pray for. Um, and hopefully they do uh, repent, you know, and, and walk back from this. That's our hope. Yep. So, do you have any final thoughts on the chosen Dallas Jenkins, any of that sort of stuff before we roll into our Bible topic? No.
<laughs> yeah. Mm. Get off our case. We like the chosen. Who are you to judge us? This is love your neighbor as you love yourself. <laughs> Come on. You guys know the, the deal. Um, all right. So uh, actually, before we get to our uh, Bible topic, I did just want to end on some positive news stories from the week. Um, the last week, we saw a few states um, step up to protect children from the butchery uh, that the, is the transgender movement. So um, what was it? Texas, I think Louisiana and Missouri all passed laws banning gender-affirming care for minors. Good. And I think that's a huge step in the right direction. Um, we're super happy to see it. We obviously wish that nobody would mutilate themselves in this manner. But, you know, if, if an adult goes down this road in their adulthood, not much you can really do about it, right? You can't really stop them. Um, but children should be prevented from this sort of lifelong damage to their bodies, but also to their spirits that this is going right. to cause them. Um, you know, it's just insane, the world we live in. Like, if your kid doesn't turn his homework in at school, the school is going to call the parents to find out why he's not turning his homework. But if your kid wants to abort their child and butcher their own body, well, the parents don't need to know about that, right? Um, you know, you can get suspended from school for smoking on the school grounds a cigarette. But if you want to kill an innocent child, reject reality outright, um, the school administration, the state governments, heck, they'll help you with that right? It's just ludicrous. So it's great to see um, a couple of states do this. There's been more and more states signing off on these sort of anti-transgender, you know, surgery for minor type things. And um, we also have the opposites as well. Our uh, unfortunate state that we live in, New Mexico, they're running 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Uh, they just basically pass laws saying that parents can't be informed when kids want to go through with abortions and gender affirming care. So, uh, you know, Satan here, he's, uh, active. Satan's alive and well in New Mexico. And, you know, I think we just read a few weeks ago about Washington state passed much the same kind of law. So, uh, you know, I think in this article here, you know, it talks about, um, you know, gender affirming care they uh they won't inform the parents i think it even mentions in here somewhere that yeah you can be fined up to $5000 if you're a public employee or a teacher and you do inform parents so it's not only that oh you're gosh. told not to inform them if you're stupid enough to go against you know dear leaders guidance you'll be fined up to $5000 so the positive to this story from New Mexico, though, is uh, you may not need to worry about satanic or demonic possession of yourself because there's legions of demons here and they're active, they're working, and they're busy in New Mexico. So you may be spared from that torment uh, while they're suffering or while we're all suffering here under their rule and reign. But... Um, I just think by and large, why this is good news, this is just the beauty of our founding fathers, you know, who led by divine providence. Um, 
they established individual states. And I think that's great news. You know, New Mexico, Washington, California, you know, all the, the satanic strongholds, New York, um, you know, they hate you. These places, they hate you as parents. They think government officials are better par- parents than parents. Um, but you don't have to stay there, right? That's the beautiful thing. Um, you don't have to stay there and have your child's life get ruined because they've been propagandized in the schools and social media and all this sort of stuff to, you know, reject reality, hate their own offspring. You don't have to do that. Uh, you can move to a place like Missouri and actually parent your child. You can give your child time to grow up and grow out of these sort of foolish, childish notions. Who would have thought that that's a reason people move to a certain state? Yeah, I want to well, raise I can actually my kids. raise my kid the way I want in a godly way. Yeah. Um, so you can go there. And, you know, we personally can't wait to move out of this state a um, few short years away. But, uh, you know, so now you have options, right? You got Texas. Seems like a wonderful place to live. Louisiana, I'll be honest, would not be my first choice of a state to move to. <laughs> uh, but Missouri's beautiful. Um, been through there, lots of lakes and wild lands and forestry. It's a beautiful place. Um, so you can take your kids there. You can distance them from satanic strongholds. And your children, your family will thank you in the long run. So that is good news. Kudos to Texas. Missouri, Louisiana, I think Florida's on board with this. Um, Iowa, I think as well. There's probably a handful of other states. So it's great to see. Again, we're in a dogfight. Roe versus Wade was overturned. We're having the same fight with abortion laws. We're in a dogfight, but that's good. We want the fight. Um, So it's good to see that states are standing up for kids now. And, um, you know, pray for these legislature or legislators that they'd have spine to stand and keep fighting. And, you know, encourage your legislator to, if you're in a state where they haven't passed a bill like this, to, you know, stand for life and stand for kids and, you know, put an end to this sort of um, wickedry, if you will. Yeah, keep praying. Just some good news there. But now we do want to get to our Bible topic um, because we want to discuss a movie that just came out. It just got out of theater, just made its way to streaming services. We were eager to see it. Uh, and that's the movie Nefarious. Uh, just came out. Uh, disappointed my kids because I mentioned just briefly, well, maybe we'll go to the see- theater and see it. And somehow that meant I, you know, blood oath that we're going to the theater to yeah. see it. <laughs> like, no, we're not going. Yeah. Right. So we changed our mind. Terribly disappointed in old dad there, but we watched it. I with don't the think kids. it's one of those movies you go to the theater for. Like, you go to the theater for the visual effects. And this was not that. This is um, not. So yeah. we don't have any clips from the movie to play or discuss because it's, you know, still out on streaming services and stuff like that. Uh, just got the promo video. That's about it. But we just want to discuss what we thought about it because I think it was awesome. I think you should watch it if you haven't seen it. Again, it's not visually um, anything. You know, it's not a Marvel movie. But for Christians who um, want to you know, see what we're up against in the demonic realm. Right. This film does it. So yeah, it's, f- it's not like the exorcist, just so you know, it's not creepy, gory, weird like that. No, it's far more realistic. It's not poltergeist. It's not, you know, one of those. It's, I think it's a far better representation of what we see and experience yep. in our day-to-day life. The, so the cleverness 
of Satan. Yeah. So just my first question for you about the movie review is, what did you think about the movie? You kind of touched on that already, but what were your impressions of the movie? Well, I think it was very eye-opening to how much Satan hates us. Um, We're just pawns for him to get at God. So, so many people, um, you know, I guess people who believe in hell, there's, there's atheists who don't believe in heaven or hell, but those who don't mind the idea of going to hell and they think uh, they can, they're just friends with Satan and they're going to party in hell with him. Like, this is really eye-opening. Um, you will not get that idea from this movie. No, that was kind of the point <laughs> that I took away is just, they show you the hatred for the human race that yeah. um, the demonic realm has. And it's like, you know, you can almost feel the hatred like coming off the screen. Yeah, we're made in God's image. They hate us. They don't want to be friends with us. No, yeah, they're they're not looking to help us have a good time apart from God. They hate us. And right. I think this movie Nefarious paints a far more accurate and far more sinister picture of the demonic realm than we probably are willing to see or admit in our daily lives. Um, and he does the same thing in the book, you know, a nefarious plot um, does paints much the same picture in that book there. And mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the lines that he mentions in the book, nefarious plot, uh, that the demon nefarious talks about, he talks about that old adage, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince the world he wasn't real. Um, he says something like that. And then in the book, he kind of says something to the sense that like, that's complete nonsense <laughs> that the devil's trying to not show people that he's real. You know, he's like, you think a high order angelic being that wanted to supplant God and be worshiped now somehow wants to keep his existence hidden from us. He's like, no, Satan is basically pride incarnate. Uh, mm-hmm. So Satan, point. and you could say in this movie highlights it well, but I guess if you actually sit back and think about it, Like Satan's doing everything he can to make himself known. And the problem is our pride and our arrogance rivals probably even his. Um, So we just refuse to see him. I don't know how much more satanic and in your face it can get than, again, you know, butchers and medical scrubs that go to TikTok to make videos about, you know, chopping off children's genitals. And yet we have Christians who just sign off on that and like, no, I mean, there are brothers and sisters in the faith. Like, how much more blind can we be? Like, Satan's just, I mean, this is just Las Vegas strip light shows going off in front of us. And we're like, I don't know, man, I don't see it, right? Like, probably more than anything. And I think the nefarious movie... um, even says so he says this line in there somewhere that sometimes we humans even amaze them the demonic realm with how depraved and you know things mm. we can be so. yeah well i mean people take after their father the devil and act like him in elevating their self above all even him they'll be i mean they think like him they don't um well, Satan's children hate him, <laughs> but God's children love God. So nobody loves Satan. Those who say they worship Satan, they don't love him. They're just 
hateful like him. Well, you can't have love in you, I would imagine, right. to even like, know what love is. Like so. you just think of like a really rebellious child, you know, that's grown up and they hate they hate their parent, but they act just like their parent and walk in their footsteps. Yeah. No, and I think that he explains that and sort of paints that picture really well um, in a couple of the dialogue scenes in this movie. So uh, very well done. Uh, but were there any scenes in particular that stood out to you without giving you know, too many spoilers or anything of that sort of way? Were there any specific scenes that jumped out to you? Well, I was going to say some, but it might be a spoiler. We'll just try it. If we have to, we'll cut it out. <laughs> um, I don't think I should say it. There's there's scenes that stood out to me. I shouldn't. Okay. I shouldn't say it. I think it would be a spoiler because it was something I wondered and I was hopeful about. Yeah. We'll just save it I'll then. I'll just say um, that. I think it would be a spoiler, my, I guess. Maybe my point will stoke your memory, but... Um, the, one of the scenes when I was thinking about this question that jumped out to me, and I think it was maybe the best line in the whole movie. Uh, there was a line where nefarious, you know, he's talking to the psychologist and they have this little back and forth. And then nefarious says, ready for round two. And the psychologist is like, I didn't realize we were in a fight. And nefarious goes, that's why you're losing. <laughs> I thought, boy, does that yep. bring into focus where we find ourselves in America today? Like for decades, we haven't even realized that we're in a fight. And that's why we're getting, you know, we're taking such a beating we're here in, in denial. this denial. Like we think we're in control, that we got it handled. And, and man, we're losing. We and again, like going back to Dallas and The Chosen and our first, you know, discussion there. Do you still not realize that we're at war, that you're in a fight? Like, and this isn't some cold war that's just kind of brewing under the surface. This is like, it's so open air. This is we're taking casualties, guerrilla warfare in our face. Like they're coming to destroy our children. It doesn't get more barbaric than that. And yet we still have so many Christians that are just like, I don't see it, man. Like, just love your neighbor, dude. And that line I thought was so perfect. Like, well, I didn't even realize we're in a fight. That's why you're losing. Um, wow. And it made me think of this verse, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 5. Um, I think this is the territory we find ourselves in America. It says, where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, in the American church in America today, apparently our response is just like, strike us everywhere. Just continue to strike us. And we're just going to continue suffering it. And we'll just press on in our rebellion. There is no, there's, there isn't too many strikes from the Lord. Apparently we'll just, just too dumb, too ignorant, too prideful to recognize that the strikes are meant for correction. We're just, <laughs> just where will we yet be struck? Right. Um, it's scary. And I think that's where we are. Like, man, again, they're, coming for our kids, how much more evident can it be? Um, but again, I fear a lot of people in America, right? They're in that place. It's like, I think we were just talking about this with our kids tonight. Like our lives are so good, so comfortable. Most people are rich in the world's eyes, right? And we'll just choose comfort at all costs. We'll choose peace at all costs, ignorant at, ignorance at all costs yep. uh, to maintain this life of 
you know, security, whatever we think that we have. And man, make no mistake, like this is going to cost us everything. For many people out there, it's already cost them their children. You know, they've already yeah. been led down this path. And if you don't sacrifice small things now for no freedom, you're really going to sacrifice later. Like, it's going to be worse. Yeah, like, you've got to recognize we're in a fight. I mean, again, Dallas, are you awake, man? We're in a fight. And I mean, you're letting the enemy throw the first punch. Uh, that's a bad move if you're trying to win a fight, right? You know, you're, that you're was at a war with the enemy and you're giving them ground behind your own line, right? Not smart. That's right. Not good strategy there. So hmm. uh, I think we have just one more question here. What thoughts did you walk away with after watching the movie? Hmm. It was kind of along the same line that I don't want to give something away. <laughs> okay. I'd have to bring it up. <laughs> so what I came away with, and I think, you know, it's the same thing that fascinated me about the book. And I've read the book a couple times. We're reading through the book with our kids. It's just a discussion starter. I think it's just that we as Christians, we get such a watered down and inaccurate picture of what the demonic realm and what evil really is. And I would say for that matter, we get a watered down, inaccurate, weak view of what holiness and God's perfect righteousness is. And, um, you know, I think we have kind of that view. Maybe we have a view of that, like good and evil. They're both just slightly left and right of center, you know, um, not very far off, just, just a little bit off the edges. Just disagreements, <laughs> as Dallas Jenkins says. But like you watch this movie and you read Nefarious Plot, the book, in the picture of evil that they paint, like evil is pure hatred. It's chaos just for the sake of chaos. It's pain because they love pain. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of think like, ah, oh, well, evil's mean, you know, evil's not doing what God wants us to do. No, like evil is depraved. It's malevolent. Evil's despair. It's darkness. And this movie paints that perfectly. Like evil hates God. Um, Evil's relentless in this movie, you see that. But it also shows that evil is patient. It's willing to bide its time if it has to, but it still pursues. Evil, like, perverts. It just destroys everything. Um, and I think if we actually saw evil the way that we should see it, I think it would terrify us. Like, any chance evil gets to do something... That's why I think it'll you take can see the opportunity. A, yeah. A sure false prophet, false teacher, when you hear them talk dismissively about like the demonic or like a demon appeared to me and, you know, I did this or said, get out of here in Jesus' name. And you're like, come on, dude. People saw angels and fell down like they were dead. And those were angelic, heavenly beings. Oh, these good point. Just pure, pure hatred, you know, give me a break, right? Um, but it would terrify us. And yet I don't, we don't see that right by and large for most people. And I think, um, uh, because we don't see evil the way that it really is, I think we're comfortably, we live comfortably allowing it in our lives because we don't understand it or see it properly. It is a blindness. Gosh, to be blind to evil and, and blind to the holiness of God. Yeah. I mean, you know, you allow it in your life because you're blind to it. You make excuses for it. 
Um, you know, again, like Dallas and the Chosen, uh, you don't want to be, you know, too rigid on our hiring practices. Well, you're promoting the enemy's flag right out there in the open, right? You're filming a scene about Jesus and his love for us while you're promoting a complete rejection of everything he stands for. You don't understand what you're talking about here, I don't feel. Kind of so. like the Easter production at Transformation Church. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you know, completely dismissing sin. Oh, man. But, you know, I think that's one of the things I took away from it. But then I think the same side of that, or the other side of that, is we don't grasp God's holiness, like you said. Um, we don't understand God's righteousness or his perfection. It doesn't make sense to mm. us. You know, it's almost like, again, we think that Jesus is just slightly better than us, right? He made better decisions than we do, or, hey, you know, maybe he just understood the Bible better than we do, right? Like our concept of evil is flawed, but our concept of God, I think, couldn't be further from reality. Like our minds can't even comprehend perfection or perfect holiness. We can't even go there. And um, Yeah, we have no idea. I just yeah, we have just, no idea. And I think that's why we get in our mind that somehow God is mean or God is unjust for punishing someone for eternity because well, they just committed a sin or two and God's gonna punish them for eternity and this for is that. The same on the same idea, but looking at heaven, how people think, how are we gonna worship God in heaven forever? Isn't that gonna get boring? You don't understand the holiness of God. So that's gonna seem boring to you. And sin is going to seem not so sinful. Yeah. God seems not so holy. So you can't even understand worshiping God forever, and you can't understand being punished in hell forever. Neither of them you can't comprehend because you don't understand sin and you don't understand holiness. I'm saying this not as if I understand it. No, to I, be clear, I don't understand we the don't depth understand it pro- right. pro- uh, properly either. And, you know, so the same respect, I think that, we don't understand how wicked and evil sin is, so we willingly sin. Yeah. It doesn't make that much of a difference to us. I think our lack of understanding God's holiness, again, makes it very easy for us to sin. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I mean, how many people do you hear that say, you know, I'm, I'm a good person, I'm this and that. If there is a God, you know, I think I'm better than most. And you're like, if we truly understood that, you'd go, brother, you don't understand how far away you are, you know? So Yeah, people want to say like, oh, Jesus understands, but it's not about Jesus, just about Jesus understanding and, you know, sympathizing with your weaknesses that you give into. It's about you not understanding who Jesus is. It's like you love the idea of Jesus understanding you and tolerating the sin in your life, you tolerating your sin, but you don't want to understand him. You don't want to want to understand his word. You don't even... Well, not just you, me too. Pray, help me see, help me hate sin as much as you do and help me love you like I should. Help me love you more. Let me see that contrast. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, that should be a prayer that we pray, right? That we would see God's holiness, that we would see um, sin's wickedness. That we, I think it was Jonathan Edwards who talked about he wanted... Uh, eternity tattooed on the inside of his eyelids. So whenever he, you know, closed his <laughs> eyes, that's what he saw and he thought about was eternity and, you know, the heavenly things. And I mean, I think Satan has designed, you know, crafted this world in a lot of ways 
to keep us from thinking about eternal things and heavenly things. We're so distracted and everything, the bright, shiny object that draws our attention, you know, and uh, I mean, C.S. Lewis talks about this in screw tape letters, just get back to reality and, you know, oh, you're hungry, go to lunch, right? You know, don't think about uh, the beautiful, the, you know, the true and beautiful, just keep yourself occupied and busy, get your phone out. Maybe someone messaged you on Facebook, uh, right? You know, those sorts of things. Those little so, subtle, gosh, we're so easily distracted. But I we think hear we those whispers, but we don't hear the whispers of God, like no, his don't. word in our heart. We've been Ugh. distracted. So uh, I'll end here with one of the great lines, I think, from the movie as well. Um, nefarious talking to the psychologist. He said, we can't even see evil when it's right in front of our face, even worse when we commit it. Um, and again, Dallas, <laughs> the chosen, are you listening, right? Um, evil is literally waving its flag in your face and you can't see it. So we need to pray that we would see evil. He's defending it. He's defending it. He's supporting it. Um, even if he's saying, hey, I don't support it. You are, man. The flag is waving on your set. Um, but, you know, that's I maybe uh, illustrative of so much of in all of our lives where we're just allowing sin's flag to be waved and you know, our greed or sin's flag to be waved and our envy or our envy and, um, you know, your, your lustfulness, even if it is, you know, heterosexual lustfulness, it doesn't make a difference, right? Um, we need to be aware of that, um, pray that we would become aware of that and that we would also begin to understand God's holiness so that we could hate sin properly. I think that's what we need to do. So mm-hmm. do you have any final thoughts on nefarious, on the chosen controversy, anything like that before we end with our sermon recommendation? Nope. All right. We have a treat for you guys this week in our sermon recommendation. (laughs) Probably not a treat at all, uh, unless you're like me and you like Puritans, because our sermon this week is a, a reading by Puritan preacher Richard Baxter. Uh, a sermon called Directions for Hating Sin. I thought that seems uh, relevant for our topic today. Puritans were very good at discussing sin um, and the the dangers of sin. And uh, I think Richard Baxter is kind of one of the early founders, I think, of, you know, Puritanism. He wrote the book, The Art of Prophesying, I believe. Uh, So, it's not Richard Baxter preaching, but it's a, I tried to find, I listened to one at first. There's like two sermons on this on YouTube. And the first one I found was read by a woman and nothing against a woman reading it, but you're like, it's hard to me, hard for me to believe that this is a, you know, 17th century Puritan preacher when it's read by a woman. So I was like, I got to find one at least by a man. So I can at least pretend like I'm hearing Richard Baxter. Um, yeah, nothing against the woman reading it. his script, but yeah, you know, just didn't strike the same note. So I did. I will be linking the uh, the gentleman reading Richard Baxter, not because we're sexist. Just was hard. I mean, it's the same thing, right? You watch a uh, an actor who doesn't uh, live up to the character he's playing, and it makes it unbelievable yep. at some level. So, yep, that's the only reason. But anywho. That's all we got for this week. We'll be back um, on Monday. So all through the month of June, we're taking a break from the Gospel of Luke for our daily devotionals. And we've just been discussing the sin of pride. 
different Bible verses, different discussions on the sin of pride. So you can come give those a listen. We'll be continuing on with that. And then next week, who knows what we'll be talking about. Maybe, God willing, we'll be talking about Dallas Jenkins' repentance and Rick Warren's repentance. That would be wonderful. But otherwise, that is all we got. And we'll see you guys next week. God bless. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.